Welcome to From the Spot, the first podcast to go on wax and say, don't have shady meetings with your lawyers on a golf course without any golf clubs. That's Eddie. I'm David. And welcome back to another episode of From the Spot. And Eddie, I know you don't golf much, but if I ever catch you on the golf course, I'm definitely going to report you to the FBI for something shady. Uh, hey. How you been, bro? <laughs> I'm, honestly, bro, I'm, I'm good. But hey, you know what? Uh, when I am on the golf course, uh, when people say, hey, what's your handicap? I respond with cerebral palsy. <laughs> and it's and it's a fair handicap to carry on any golf course that you go to. So, hey, kudos to you. But yeah. um, Eddie, how about we jump into some football? Um, I feel like we keep getting later and later on this episode, so I just want to get more and more deep into the diving. Are you ready for the Champions League? Yeah, and David, it's her fault. The 96-year-old lady died and it stopped football in England, which is essentially what we covered. So, yeah. I know, it's crazy COVID didn't take her out. But, um, Eddie, the Champions League, great great match day. Inter beating Victoria 2-0. Liverpool finally able to finally able to win, beating Ajax 2-1. Uh, Leverkusen, surprising, beating Atletico 2-0. But the First match I want to talk about is Sporting beating Spurs 2-0 at home. Antonio Conte couldn't prevent an upset. Um, are you happy or are you upset about Sporting surprise win? Um, I'm always happy when an underdog wins. So um, shout out to Sporting. Um, uh, the, the kid who scored the second goal was a former... Tottenham player, and he uh, not make someone and put it bottom right corner. And I mean, that's just that sauce. So, shout out to him, David. Can you can you get me his name? Yeah, absolutely can. Because um, his name is Bel- was it Paulinho or Arthur? You're thinking of? Uh, Arthur, I think. Arthur, yeah. I'm- I'm gonna make sure. Yeah, please. And we don't have to pay copyright for that because uh, we're fucking doing it. Uh, That's right. Uh, no, it wasn't Arthur, was it? Let me see if I can find it real quick. Yeah, I don't know, but one sec. Um, I'll I'll find it for sure. One second. <clears throat> it was here. It is. Yeah, it was the Arthur kid. I don't know his first name, but he was a he was a youth player for Tottenham from the age eight to I think eighteen. Oh, and then, uh, okay, I see. And uh, when uh, Mourinho came in, he th- thought that he would never get his chance, so he asked, you know, to leave the club. It was granted. He somehow ended up at Sporting, and now he. You know, he paid, uh, he paid his team back, the team that raised him, and I wonder if Tottenham fans are feeling a bit salty that uh, a young talent like that got away. Maybe, yeah, I wouldn't blame him. But um, definitely a hole to dig themselves out in terms of Conte's point of view. There should have been um, some points to pick up. But um, Eddie, a pickup of form that we kind of were thinking maybe they can put up a, a little bit of a fight here. And by we, I mean your dad. Um, Bay- Bayern with their yearly 
Bayern with their yearly win over Barcelona, a solid 2-0 win at home. Um, Eddie, any surprises from your end? Uh, look, credit to Bayern. They they, they beat what Bayern does, but I got to see the first half thanks to taking my lunch at the right time. Barca looked decent in the in in the first half. They looked like... Uh, they had actual chances, and that's not me being biased as a Barca fan. That they legit had at least two chances. That one that Robert missed that you don't expect him to miss, and then the other one that they shot it right at Neuer, and he made a kick save. Um, Barca came out in the second half, kind of asleep, uh, which is unfortunate. Which is how Bayern scored back to back goals so quickly. And, I mean, to be fair, like, that's what happens when you start Marcus Alonso at left back. Like, he's just going to, he's going to get beat at some point. And it was right after halftime. So, um, I'm a bit encouraged. Uh, what David meant by shouting out my dad there is, uh, prior to the game, like, a, a few days prior, I asked my dad, hey, how are you feeling about Bayern? And he's like, like, we're going to win. And I kind of looked at him, and I was like, we're going to be buying Munich. And he goes, yeah. He goes, forget about A2. We're a completely different team. And to be fair to my dad, for the first 45 minutes, I was like, my dad's a genius. And then my lunch was over. Um, I went back to work. But I, I kept the door to my office open so I could hear the game. And I heard goal. And I hear my dad react, and so I was like, <laughs> Bayern? And he goes, Bayern. And then, like, two minutes later, I hear go. Again, no reaction from my dad except for, Valiendo <laughs> <laughs> and, and so then I texted David, I was like, 2 no Bayern. And David said something to the effect of, sounds about right. <clears throat> but, you know, Bayern did, Bayern did what they do. And uh, Pedri could have put us back at 2-1, and then he just, he fucking didn't. But that's okay. Uh, now, now it just means uh, those two match days versus Inter are going to be very, very, very important because we're playing for second place here. Um, I do not want to drop into the Europa League, um, especially Casemiro is going to be there. Somehow, some way. <clears throat> so I, I really need three points away at the San Siro on October fourth, and match day five is uh, October twelfth. Uh, match day four, I'm sorry, is October twelfth at uh, the Cup now against Inter. So I need six points there, no questions asked, and then. Uh, when Byron come to the cap now, whatever, you know. <laughs> yeah, you just make your own destiny. But uh, um, Eddie, considering Byron are struggling, um, you know, and and they're in the Bundesliga, they're not exactly setting it alight this year. Do you think they're gonna take it out on the European giants in the Champions League? They, uh, they, they have to. Um, you know. They let Robert Lewandowski walk, uh, no matter how you want to put it. Um, so teams are maybe thinking, hey, we have a chance here. But you know what? Mane is going to get it going. Sané is a beast. Um, there's no reason why um, <clears throat> Bayern shouldn't win the Bundesliga again. Although I am quite happy to see that I believe it's Union Berlin. Um I think are top of the table right now. But obviously, that is super early. Um, but looking at the Bundesliga table, uh, seven matches in. Yeah, it's Union Berlin and then Dortmund. Bayern are somehow fifth. I mean, that's going to change. But until then, uh, let's all turn into the Bundesliga because it looks like through seven matches, at least it's, it's fucking fun. It's looking you know? juicy for sure. 
Uh, on the other other match day, uh, as in the other Champions League day, you know, Chelsea couldn't get the job done against Salzburg, drawing 1-1. PSG with a routine win away from home against Maccabi Haifa, winning 3-1. Uh, City, pretty much as expected, beating Dortmund 2-1. But the match days I really kind of want to focus on here, Eddie. Uh, I think the first one is going to be for obvious reasons. Real Madrid beating Leipzig 2-0. Uh, Pretty much a routine victory for Real Madrid at this point in the Champions League. Uh, Kiko Valverde keeping up the great form. Uh, Marco Asensio with a late goal. Um, they're obviously, I think it's pretty obvious that Real is going to win their their group with Shakhtar, Celtic, and Leipzig. Uh, is Real Madrid a team, Eddie, that if you're any other team in Europe, that you'd rather face them early on in the competition? just to see if you can knock them out? Or would you rather face them late in the competition? Because at least at that point, you can say, you know, they're definitely one of the better teams that knocked you out. No, uh, if, if you're talking about competing against Real Madrid, you want to see them on match day one. Sheriff um, got them last year. If Celtic could have taken their opportunities this year, they could have gotten points, maybe at least a point against Real Madrid, uh, the later it gets in this competition, the better they are. Um, David, who would you, like, kick off of your team for Madrid? Like, just kick, kick them straight out the club. For who? For Valverde. For Kiko. Um, I would kick out Fred, uh, McTominay. Pretty much any one of my central mid- midfielders that isn't Casemiro. Um, I'd probably be like, Gavi, you could leave. De Jong, you could leave. Give me one minute. Guy's, guy's in the form of his life right now. So, um, oh, and, yeah. Every, and everyone knows how I feel about FTJ. So, he actually scored today. We are recording this on Sunday, uh, September 18th. He got the second of the two goals for... We had Marine versus Atleti. We'll talk about it a little bit later. Um, but yeah, Valverde just quite a player. Definitely, definitely. The other, the other um game here, Eddie, which is the one that um I think caught people by surprise was Benfica getting the win against Juventus away from home, two one. You know, Milik scored super early on for Juventus, making it one nil. Um, but Joao Mario and David Neres on uh, getting the job done. Is Juventus officially in crisis city, or do we give Allegri the benefit of the doubt and see if he can get this team clicking by the second half of the season? No um, disrespect to Juve, Juve fans, but this is what you deserve for wanting the Super League so bad. Now, to be fair to you, I understand Barcelona wanted it, and I actually kind of need it too. But look, when you think that you're just superior to other teams because of your brand, because that's what a football team is essentially nowadays. It's a brand. Um, You deserve this wholeheartedly. So the only two guys I feel bad for are my boy John Square, a.k.a. Juan Cuadrado, and Angel Di Maria, because I love Fidel. Um, other than that, everyone is way. Um, suck it. Uh, I I would throw Weston McKinney in that bin. If Manchester United could sign him, I would definitely take him. Oh yeah, and shout out to my boy Weston for um, he's actually the only one kind of playing all the times for you, right? Like, and he doesn't really get um as much kudos as any of the other players i feel probably a little bit of that american bias in all fairness yeah yeah so um uh you may actually sit third currently on basically zero points yeah i'm going for it <laughs> because <laughs> maccabi have no points either so, so i think uh looking at group h prior eddie I think we would have probably guessed that PSG would win, Juve second, and Benfica dropping down to Europa. Um, 
do you think it's actually doing Juventus a favor if they drop down into Europa League? Because they might make it a little further than if they manage to make it out of the group in the Champions? That's, that's honestly probably their level right now, so it's probably where they should be. All right, so we're not even being jerks to Juventus. If anything, we're trying to let them play to their level, right? Your club was recently in the Europa League. My club was recently in the Europa League. Sometimes you have to go down there, eat a bit of humble pie, in in my case, get beat by Frankfurt, and uh, go again. All right. And, Eddie, the the next match day, um, one of the bigger games is going to be Benfica taking on PSG. Can we, and that's October 5th, you know, um, can we expect, Benfica to take something from that game now that they've shown that they can hang with the big boys? You know what? Benfica is one of those clubs that we don't respect enough because they play in Portugal. But when a club needs a, a young new signing, besides Ajax, where do they go to? They go to Benfica, they go to Sporting, Um, you know, so they have players, uh, and they go to Porto as well. Um, I don't want to disrespect Porto like that. Um, so Benfica is a feeder club somehow that always, always seems to find talent. So um, PSG are clicking pretty well. They're front three at least. So it'll be tough, but hey, um, on a Champions League night, you never, never, never know. Fair enough. Uh, Eddie, let's talk some domestic league now. You know, our podcast was born on domestic leagues. Uh, let's jump to the Premier League. Uh, obviously, some postponed games. Um, but of the games we watched, there was a, a pretty boring 1-1 Newcastle-Bournemouth draw. Uh, we got to see Steven Gerrard and Frank Lampard keep their jobs for one more week as Villa beat Southampton 1-0 and Everton just scraping by West Ham 1-0. Uh, in terms of now getting exciting, uh, Fulham you know, winning 3-2 uh, away from home to Nottingham Forest. But the first real game of focus, Eddie, Tottenham destroying Leicester City 6-2, started off exciting, ended off exciting. Brendan Rodgers even closer to the sack than there was the last time we spoke on Wax. Um, Eddie, what was your favorite part of this game? Um, everyone here knows how I feel about Sun Min Sun or Sun Sun Min. Um, to my Korean peoples, is it Sun Hyun Min or is it Sun Min Sun? Let me know just out of respect, just because I want to get it right, because he's a baller. Um, so okay. Um, uh, David, we all know how I personally feel about Richardson, but he's obviously he's been working for Conte, so, um, I always thought that, um, Kulisevsky would be the one that got to the bench in Philly, but prior to yesterday, um, Hillman Sam hadn't been scoring, so, um, he dropped to the bench, and he eventually came on, I believe, for Kulisevsky, right, and he got... Three goals in 14 minutes, just to remind everybody who he is. Um, uh, it, it was a good game. It was 2-2 at one point, you know? So, um, and Kulisowski got him fantasy points with an assist, so shout out to him. But, you know, Kevin uh, just did what he does, and we all forget that he's this good. Um, I just want to reiterate. It may be the FA Cup, the Carlin Cup, or my bad, it's called the Carabao now. But Tottenham will get a trophy this season, I promise you. I, I'm doubling, tripling, quadrupling down. And having Sung Hyun Min score a hat trick in 14 minutes, Eddie, um, not only does that deflate Leicester City as a team, but how much more confidence does this give Spurs in saying, like, wait a second, like, we can definitely punch above our current weight based on talent? Or do you think that it doesn't really change much considering they know what uh, Sun can do on any given day? 
Look, um, no disrespect to Graham Potter. I believe he can handle the Chelsea job. I believe he'll go on to do great things at Chelsea, given the time. But I, I think with this current crop of players, they're just not at it this season. So I expect Chelsea to maybe fall to Europa League, maybe a bit unfairly. Um, so Tottenham did definitely get top four. And like I said, finally put something in their cabinet. Um, so I believe Tottenham can do this. Um, they haven't really lost anybody of note. Um, what's it called? Dyer's doing a good job in defense when they play him there at times. So, uh, Richarlison has added a spark and a bit of dimension to the offense, kind of taking the pressure off of Harry to score every week. So, in my view, Tottenham's going to get something out of this season. I just can't tell you what it is. But they will finish above Chelsea. All right. Uh, I think uh, most teams will finish above Chelsea. But, Eddie, (laughs) Arsenal... (laughs) Arsenal were able to run rampant away from home, three 0 against Brentford. Uh, you know they had a, a bit of a setback, but now they're back to winning ways. Eddie, um, do you think that Mikel Arteta's team are going to be able to push forward and really solidify their attack on the top two, maybe even top three? Um. Uh- Again, I said, I said that, you know, Liverpool were going to finish third. They may even finish below that. Uh, David, when we were texting this morning when we woke up, um, I said, huge win by Arsenal. And you said, it's just Brentford. But I said, any win um, that Arsenal can continue to have is huge because it holds off the inevitable. It, it, it holds off... Um, Thanos, you know, <laughs> which is Manchester City. So, uh, hey, look, the only, the only team that I wouldn't be impressed by Arsenal beating is essentially um, Everton, just because, uh, like, it's it's the free three points, you know. So any win that Arsenal continue to have. Um, just I'm not saying Arsenal are going to win the league as much as I would want them to but just make it interesting you know yeah definitely I, I, I know Arsenal are making this season a little bit more fun to watch Eddie but um, I think you, you hit every now on the head they didn't get to play this week but a team that started to make things interesting not exactly because of their way they're playing, but because of what their owner's been saying. Uh, new Chelsea owner, uh, Bowley, your boy, he's a uh, part okay. owner of the Dodgers, bringing you a lot of smiles these days, Eddie. Absolutely. Um, yeah, he's talking about introducing all star games, um, playing in a what was a four four three formation? Uh, Fucking world, Eddie. I think um, only basically is embodying why Europeans don't take American serious in the footy world. Yes. Uh, Eddie, do you think this could cause long term damage to Chelsea? I mean, like maybe players say, "Hey, it's a kind of a circus over there. I don't want to be part of that." Or do you think we'll eventually find Bowley's ignorance charming? You know what, David? Chelsea probably would have beat Salzburg had they played a 4-4-3 during the Champions League time. Um, but uh, no, uh, look, Todd Bowley, thank you for everything, all the money you spent on the Dodgers. But when it comes to the world of football, uh, shut the fuck up. Um, it, it it makes no sense to um, spend $200 million on bringing people in and then firing the manager. Um, look, there's so much football going on. 
especially in England, uh, because England doesn't take a winter break, essentially. So why do we need an All Star game? It just it just shut the fuck up, bro. Like <laughs> let let the people do what they do. Um, um, that's why they work for you. Like um, like that story. Um, Mourinho always talks about where he went to Abramovich, and he said, "Hey, I need this guy named Drogba," and. Abramovich answered, well, where does he play? And he's like, Mr. Abramovich, um, don't worry about it. Just pay the money. Uh, that's the worst Jose Mourinho impression ever. But look, essentially, well, that's what you do. Shut the fuck up. Spend the money. The top class managers like you're going to hire. Top class players you're going to get. They're going to handle the football. You just spend the money, make the money. Oh, and the, the worst part, David, is he's talking about we need to make an All-Star game to have more money for the football pyramid. You don't give a fuck about the football pyramid, my boy. You oh, no. You know that as soon as, soon as the uh, whole idea of the uh, Super League comes back, he's going to be one of the people saying we should definitely do this. You know that for sure. He doesn't give a fuck about the pyramid. No, no, he, he he doesn't um give a fuck about uh um like Dagenham and Redbridge or Sunderland or Wrexham or any of those teams, you know. Absolutely, bro. Like it's it's a kind of a disappointment because Abramovich, like maybe in the beginning he wasn't exactly versed in the football world, but towards the end, you know that he was passionate about the team he owned. Um, I mean, I know at the end of the day, like, uh, him being pushed out was more of a political ploy and all that, but as a footy fan, you know, I mean, I wouldn't mind owning a a club that I can watch grow and put not just, not just because I put money in there, but because of all the time invested, the emotions invested, just really being able to be part of a culture. Uh, we could only hope Bowley will do the same. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'll give him a, a, a little bit of a pass as to he's new to this. He's excited about it. I, I think he understands that he owns a huge team, but he I, I don't think he was expecting to be like, well, I have to do this to keep us at this level. You know, mm-hmm. so uh, it's a bit of a it's a bit of a learning curve, Mister Bully, but just shut the hell up about it, <laughs> Eddie. Um, serious question: um, Does Bully introduce a draft at the end of this season or at the end of next season? <laughs> He'll probably introduce it right now during the upcoming international break. He'll be like, "Oh, let's just hope that." Um, I just really hope that he was going to draft Zinedine Zidane and um, Zlatan Ibrahimovic. That's because he doesn't really know what's going on. Um, you know, he'll, he'll probably be like, Eddie, you know what? Since it was my idea, Chelsea gets the first pick. Right, and he's still going to waste the pick. He's not even going to pick somebody worthwhile. Um, Eddie, what's, with the break coming up, we're not going to have... English football for 15 days or so, um, at least at time of recording. By the time the episode comes out, probably 14 days, uh, two weeks. Either way, pretty damn close to two weeks, right? Yes, sir. Um, with all that set aside, there are some big fixtures coming, coming up at that next match day. Match day nine, for example, Arsenal taking on Tottenham. Um, you know, Southampton taking on Everton, which are like two struggling teams kind of close together. Um, the Manchester Derby, Leicester taking on Nottingham Forest, Leeds and Aston Villa. Big games all around, Eddie. If I told you you could only watch one game, which game are you picking? Oh, um, I'm definitely picking the North London Derby just because, like, 
there are two teams more towards the top of the table, and the result will shape the rest of the, rest of the season. Like, like no disrespect to you, um, I know uh, United are playing a whole lot better, but <clears throat> I think even you would say you're expecting maybe a two-one to City. I I don't know if you're willing to put the right lads, but you, you know. Yeah, honestly, I think the most positive result United can get is a draw, whether it's 1-1 or 2-2. But I can't see us getting a third goal, so that's why that's what I mean. That's the most positive. Um, otherwise, it's a 3-2, 2-1. I can't see a 1-0, you know, maybe a 1-1. That's why. But, like, a 2-1, 3-2 win would kind of make more sense based on form and... Um, the, the attacking prowess that City has. Fuck, but, dude, we're going to have to wake up hella early for both games. Oh, yeah, but you know both of those will be worth it. Conte uh, yeah, versus Arteta is going to be amazing, if you ask me. Um, Eddie, and, and before we we talk about um, you know, oh, La Liga here, because we definitely have time since there's been very little football. Arsenal's Ethan Waneri has become the youngest ever English Premier League and Arsenal player in history. He's 15 years old. Um, do you think that there's a cutoff in terms of age where it's like, okay, at this point, it's just like a marketing thing versus a true thing? I mean, there was a 13-year-old goalkeeper giving a debut in Australia. Or do you I, I, think I saw that? I saw that, bro. Like that. That's wild to me. Um, yeah, and I mean Ethan here and uh, Arson. I mean he's an outfield player. You know he's not he's not a goalkeeper, so it's not anything like that. But um, Ethan was brought on um, entering the ninety second minute with only four minutes of stoppage time. Not exactly guaranteeing a touch of the ball, but again, like this is what I mean. Like if you're gonna bring on a talent and say, "Oh, he has to get minutes," wouldn't you want him to at least try to touch the ball? Or do you think at this point it's just sentimental? Like, hey, here's your debut. Push on from this. Look, okay, man. Real quick, I'm not trying to sound like an asshole. This is a genuine question. Does the kid have like cancer or anything? Like, is it is it is it like a make a wish situation? Nah, he's he's supposed to be one of the um top prospects for Arsenal. Okay, that's what who, I mean. Who, like, why bring him on without guaranteeing a touch? You know, who who, who did he come on for? Uh, that I didn't see. Let me let me double check. Hold on. Hold on, but, but, but before I give my like full opinion on this, let me let me see. Uh, he okay. came on for Fabio Vieira. Okay, and and Fabio scored a goal. So look, look, I'm I'm not trying to be a dick here, but as someone who lives in the United States, and I know the Prem is miles better than MLS. But we, we kind of saw this about 15 to 16 years ago with Freddie Adu. Uh, Freddie signed with D.C. United. Now, look, obviously, D.C. United was expecting big things out of Freddie from the jump. This is just a two-minute cameo. Um, look, if the kid has the talent, um, why not? But why why not give him a debut in, in, in the preseason? You know, like okay, look, honestly it's because I'm kind of a dick, right? But I'm I'm thirty one years old and like say I play for Brentford, like I'd be like, let me go give this kid like a bit of a slide tackle real quick to to let him know he's playing with grown men, you know? And you know, to let Arsenal know like, hey, like it he's a bit too young. Like let him let him get out of high school first. Shout out to him though because there's no one that's listening to this and thinking about 
at 15, I would have killed to have come on for Arsenal. Like, no matter who you support, like, 15, 15 years old and playing first-team football for Arsenal in the Prem, like, that's, like, if I could go back 16 years and be like, go play two minutes for Arsenal, I'd be like, fuck yeah, like, like, fucking get me to London, bro. Like, it's tight, but also, like, is it wise? You know? That's that's my thing, David. Is it wise to do this in something so young? Yeah, I feel that. Um, and I guess we'll find out in a few years whether it's a dirtbag or not. But let's go over to La Liga, Eddie, where there was some excitement. You know, Villarreal drawing 1-1 with Sevilla, two of uh, La Liga's up and not up-and-comers. I mean, they're both great clubs, but really pushing and showing their weight in Europe. Uh, Mallorca beating Almeria 1-0. Valencia with a big win, 3-0 versus El Vigo. But let's talk Barcelona going 3-0 versus Elche. As the resident Barcelona fan, Eddie, why don't you break this one down for us? Um, uh. Barcelona went on the front foot from the beginning as, as they should with the club like Elche. No disrespect. There was a red card early on because Elche's captain decided to stop a goal-scoring opportunity. He really did leave the ref no choice. And then just tap-ins by Lewandowski. And, uh, oh, my boy Memphis with this fucking turn, bro. This He... He had the defender on his back, and he fucking turned him. And woo, my boy Memphis, like I'm telling you, bro, like give him the opportunity. I know his minutes are limited, but he 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 deserves something, bro. Like he, uh, like I texted you all caps. I was just like Memphis. So shout out to Memphis. Um, it was an expected three points, so I'm 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 glad we got him. Um. This is all building to October 15th, which is like a month from now. Uh, that first matchup against Real Madrid at the Bernabeu. Um, but, David, you got to see um, Atletico versus Real Madrid today, right? I did not. I was, uh, watching, I was watching the Steelers give me a heart attack again. Uh, can you break that down for us? I saw... Um... Bits of it, uh, mostly towards the end, and definitely a good game. Uh, Rodrigo pretty much balled out early on, uh, got a goal. Kiko Valverde making it uh, 2-0 before the half. Um, the curious case of Mario Hermoso, uh, he accidentally scores a goal with the corner hitting the back of his shoulder, and then it goes in. Um he then gets a yellow for confronting Danny Carvajal, I believe, believe it was, um, for a tackle over their left back. Um, who was it? Um, Ferreira. Um, and then gets a red card for an alleged foul over Danny Carvajal in the box um, during a corner routine, which, you know, pretty much everybody would argue it didn't deserve the second yellow to make it a red but regardless a 2-1 win to real madrid away from home uh, alleged racism from the atletico supporters which if it ends up being true um fuck them because we are not for that we're hashtag dance vinny dance but um again real madrid just solidifying their place on the top of the of la liga uh, showing that they definitely deserve to be leading right now. Barcelona are only two points behind, though. Uh, yes. Do you think Barcelona will be the team to give them the scare? Um, I goddamn well hope so. Um, look, if Rafinha, Dembele, and Lewandowski play, and as long as the back line is... Um, Conde, um, uh, oh my God, what's his name? I can't believe it's escaping me right now. Uh, the guy from Uruguay, David. For Barca? Yeah, for, for Barca. Um, Rolando, 
Oh my god. He's my fucking starting center back. How can I not remember his name? Uh, Araujo? Uh, Araujo, thank you. Um, so, Conde, Araujo, Balde, and then um, probably for experience purposes, I would maybe start Jordi Alba. I, I think the club will be fine. I I would expect... Uh, no, I'm going to say I expect three points. Um, I, 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 it, it may be me being biased and having blinders on, but I'm I'm gonna expect the trip to the Bernabeu that ends up in three points. All right, uh, I don't know if I would hold my breath on that, Eddie, but you know, definitely a a heavy wish. Um, Robert Lewandowski, Lewandowski, I should say, at 34 years old. Pretty much, again, I will say this again. I said this last time. The only striker keeping up with 22-year-old Erling Haaland in terms of goal scored, impact, what they're doing for their clubs is Lewandowski being healthy and informed the difference maker for El Clásico. Absolutely. Which, my dad was a bit like, why are we taking, taking him off? And I was like, Dad... We played midweek, and he's 34. Like, he got these two goals. Like, get him the fuck off the pitch now. <laughs> you know, like, he, he did his part. If we blow it from here, like, that's that's on us, not on him. You know? So, um, yeah. He Look, um, I still think Suarez should be at the club just because Luis is a beast. But um, it's... Nine days last season to this season, it just it feels good again to have a, a, a number nine. That every time he gets even a half chance, I'm like, that's a goal. You know, it it feels good. No, definitely, Eddie. Definitely, um, Eddie. Even though the international break is coming up, what are you most looking forward to in the next week? Um, I'm looking forward to, uh, more World Cup jerseys dropping, um, oh, so we can make fun of them, because they're just horrible. Look, David, I wanted to talk to you about this, bro. Like, to me, bad jerseys are the first, like, omen of a bad World Cup. Am I over-exaggerating here? Uh, I'm glad this question came up, Eddie, um, especially because we were pre-game, pre-recording. We were talking about the Portugal jersey. Um, I think look good, feel good. If you don't, you're not digging your jersey. Why would you fight for the colors? Um, Portugal has a terrible color scheme. I think we, you and I, agree on that. At least for the home shirt, I like the away shirt. The away shirt's decent. Yeah, but the home shirt definitely sucks. But I think the uh, American players put it best. But they're like, "Yo, we're with you. These are trash." Um, if you don't feel good, you're not gonna play good. So I do, I do agree, Eddie. It's a bad omen to have bad jerseys. Yes, and also real quick, uh, shout out to the U.S. for um, at least booking uh, World Cup opponents uh, for the international break. The Saudis and the Japanese, um, obviously, like not top tier, but you know, Japan is respectable and. Um, the Saudis, that's probably where um, Triple G, Greg Berhalter, will uh, make his final decisions there. Um, Japan will probably be like, this is my final 22, and I just want to give them a run. Um, so, uh, you know, it, it seems like I know Stefan is hurt, but goalkeeper still in question. And starting forward is still in question for the U.S. So if you're into uh, if you're into the U.S. men's national team, um, I think the midfield is set. Um, the defense is set. He's definitely not playing to me. Uh, he's stated as much that he's looking for a different type of center back. Uh, I personally think that's a mistake, but whatever. So if you're asking yourself, um, what is Triple G looking for during this break? He's looking for his starting forward and uh, goalkeeper. 
So keep that in mind. So Eddie, um, let, let's touch a little bit on Tim Ream. Personally, I think he's a great center back. Um, he's cut his teeth in England, which is definitely a higher level than any MLS center back can say they've had. Yes. Um, but Eddie, uh, do you think Bear Halter is a bit too critical? Because the only kind of Tim Ream criticism I can fully, fully understand is his pace. Um, his pace is definitely something that makes you want to ask for more. Maybe it'll get exposed with the counterattack preference of international football, but he makes it happen in England, Eddie, in the Premier League, which is rough, you know, way, way, way more rough in the sense of pace and aggression. Do you think he deserves more credit than um, Triple G and the way you've you've mentioned it? I love Triple G, the boxer, not the um, manager, but do you think he's suffering because of his own, um, I guess, he, he, his own stubbornness. Yeah, no, and and that's the that's the main criticism coming from the fan base is that like, look, um, Tim, like, has the experience. The first game is England, for God's sakes. Like the the first game post post Thanksgiving, the U.S. makes his debut in Qatar, and it's it's England. You know, and um, Triple G did allude to, I need a guy who has a faster recovery speed. He didn't outright say it, but he alluded to. But look, defense is more than, can I get back? Sometimes defending is, is, can I push this person into the position that I can defend them at, you know? So sometimes it's not about recovering. Sometimes it's about forcing the attacker to do what you want them to do. And, you know, um, look, the U.S. hasn't been at a World Cup since 2014. So some of these guys are going to be shell-shocked by the stage. I think Tim Ream wouldn't as much. You know what I mean? So I I think Tim deserves to be reconsidered uh, by Triple G, um, but he won't. He's made that clear. So, the he's essentially um, he's going with two center backs that play in the MLS. So, good luck. Good luck for sure. But Eddie, as we wrap things up for this episode, there's a, a couple thoughts I want to bring you to um, back to everybody's third favorite English team, Leicester here. Um, number one, it's something I keep repeating in, in private competition, uh, conversation, sorry, private conversation between me and you, um, Casper Schmeichel leaving, that's really the catalyst in Lester's downfall. Not exactly Brendan Rogers staying, but uh, obviously we didn't, we don't trust in them, but Casper leaving definitely sped up the process of the rock. Yes, no, absolutely. You know, sometimes players um are the heart and soul of of their team. Um, and you know, you would think that Jamie Vardy because obviously he's been there, but you know, Jamie's getting to the age where he can't play every game. But Casper, Casper's like what thirty two. He still has like six to eight years where he could still do this at a reliable level, and so. And then, especially with um, a goalkeeper coming in last minute, like, no disrespect to Ward, but the goalkeeper has to be able to communicate with his defenders and trust them, and, and it's not there yet, you know? And look, Rodgers does have kind of a point. He wasn't back, quote-unquote. But Leicester is talented enough to to at least not be 20th. You know, yeah, but I'm gonna go on wax and say, um, Ward at best is a mid table championship goalkeeper. Um, at least that's in my opinion, the quality just isn't there, at least when you go from Casper to him. But Eddie, yeah. here's the other kind of um issue Lester are facing Brendan Rodgers is currently on a 200,000 pounds a week 
contract, uh, meaning if he gets sacked by Leicester, that's over 10 million pounds owed to him. Fuck. With that being said, I mean, obviously, we, we don't want to feel like, oh, great, like we're stuck with this manager for this potentially great team. But at this point, do you kind of want to trust that Brendan Rodgers can turn it around? I mean, he is a young coach. He's still learning his craft. Or do you just bite the bullet, sacrifice the signing, and just go ahead and start over with a new manager? See, like, this would have been a much easier question to answer before Potter went to Chelsea because it's like, yeah, you fire him and you go with uh, Grand Potter. But at this point, it's like, who do you bring in at this point? Big Sam? Uh, Scott Parker? Like... I I would give him until the January transfer window um to to at least get us out of the relegation zone. If if he can't, then you you make that move. You know, uh, and if you think about it, I'm even willing to say get him past the World Cup window. You know what I mean? So and. God, I wish someone would pay me $200,000 a week to be mediocre at best. Right. I would love that myself. But, so, Eddie, with that said, we're, we're wrapping up the pod here. Um, any last thoughts for the fans? Uh, yes, actually. I will say this as loud as I can, as proud as I can. Um, a week ago, um, let, me, let me get this uh, right. On Sunday, September 11th, every single fucking time. Other than that, to the fans, Dale Boca, El Que No Salta Se Juan La Ve, please follow us on social media uh, at Pod From The Spot. Click the motherfucking link tree, it's in the description. We love you guys, we appreciate you so much. Uh, David, I love and appreciate you for doing this with me every week. Um, but you can come suck my dick. That's right. And this was definitely another fun episode to make. Make sure you show us love, rate, and review. Follow the link tree. With that being said, thank y'all. And good night.